I'm recording. Me too. This is recording. My voice is recording. I'm drinking. I'm drinking a beer. My voice is my password. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, hello, <laughs> rare listener, and welcome uh, to another episode of uh, City Mouse, Country Mouse. I am, as is my want, pouring myself a martini so that we can start this podcast wherein I, Nick Brown, the City Mouse, tell a story to my dear friend and colleague. God damn it. Kate O'Hara. What? It's Was just that too like, late? Do you not... You can't hear the, the sort of cadence that's going in there? Oh, am I too late? I mean... Well, I, a little bit, yeah. It was a little I always the late think side. you're going to keep talking. Oh, okay. Well, I usually am. But, you know... <laughs> but I... But I leave a deliberate pause in there. It's Why if you your natural cadence. Why okay, fine. How come you always Do get it. to introduce? Go All on. right. Welcome, listener. This is Kate O'Hara, Country Mouse. And you're listening to Country Mouse, City Mouse, where we tell stories to each other. City Mouse is uh, Nick Brown. Say hi, Nick. <laughs> hi, Kate. <laughs> you didn't really leave the pause. You see how I leave these gentle pauses for you when I introduce us? I don't I don't I don't need you to step in though. I can just introduce it and be done with it. Yeah. Welcome to our podcast, Shut Up and You Shut Up Too. <laughs> Jesus the podcast Christ. where two hostile strangers yell at each other for an hour. I wonder I wonder if there's a market for that. I I mean, it's called cable news. With the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, sure. It, it's, there's, there's a clearly demonstrated market for that. <laughs> I, I'm pouring this martini despite the fact that my brain feels like it's filled with a, it's a big bag of hammers that just rattled around in there last night because we were up late. Doing what? Drinking. That's why. That's why my brain feels like a big battle. Battle. Were of you hammers. at Actually, home? that's about right. <laughs> Do you think the battle is a group of hammers? Uh, a thud. A thud of hammers. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, the, the collective noun there is, yeah, a thud of hammers seems right. A like, ah, oh, god damn it, of hammers. <laughs> <laughs> a fuck you of crows. <laughs> um, I uh, got a meme this week because. Nothing's better for an audio format yeah. than describing <laughs> yes. a meme. That's wherein two strangers describe memes to each other. <laughs> Aggressively. In, in a manner, in a manner no, that's off No, the guy was green. Come on. <laughs> that's not what it looked like. <laughs> You're you, telling you'd really it wrong. You'd have to see it. You, you'd have to see it. That's, that's how everyone ends. I did see a meme this week that I thought was really amazing. What Uh, was it? And it was just, it was, it was uh, two crows next to each other on a perch. And the caption was attempted murder. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. You know, uh, what's Ravens? Ravens is a conspiracy. Ravens, sure. Ravens. I'll believe you. Else. Whatever you say here, I've oh. I've long ago given up on collective nouns. Oh, right. Well, they're pretty hip right now. Yeah, they're so I looked up a while ago because I was going to do them for my parents. Not really getting how trivia nights work. That you know, trivia is only fun if it's plausible that you might know the answer. Did a trivia night once for the family 
where they did an entire round that was just collective nouns. And like they're, you know, people have heard of a murder of crows, right? There's, there's the one, you know, uh, beyond that. I mean, can you name another collective noun? Um, let's see. Uh, wolves are a pack. Yeah. That's pretty easy. A school of fish. School of fish. I'm not sure that one. I guess that is technically a collective noun, right? And a pod of dolphins. Fine. Okay, you can name a couple. <laughs> but they're very simple ones. They're so, yeah. They're so uh, in everyday use that you don't even... Yeah. If yeah. you were, like, confronted with an angry stranger who demanded to know what a group of geckos was called, <laughs> you wouldn't be able to do it, regardless of the stakes. No. You'd, you'd have to suffer the consequences yeah (laughs) geckos in particular because there really is nothing distinctive about them like what would you even run with there a skin an indescription of geckos (laughs) (laughs) a a slither an ineffability of geckos (laughs) a noetic quality (laughs) a noetism so Mm. this week well we should do our quick updates here Technically, I saw I, we we chatted on Friday, but to the listener, it's going to be a five week break because we keep fucking up our audio. <laughs> right. So updates. Um, I got the Corona swab, tested negative, and I'm painting a pineapple. Oh, that's cool. I got a Corona swab on Friday, also tested negative. Nicely done. Yeah, and I'm not painting a pineapple. So there's, there it is. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. Well, thanks. So, Make listener, oil, uh, it looks a great deal like a pineapple, except yep. one that is has the key distinction of being painted. Yeah. On a canvas, it would appear. Maybe wood. On an Italian board. <laughs> a, you an know Italian why go to board. hostile meme description where we where we can just. <laughs> We can just describe dull things. We can. <laughs> this is a really nice board. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Oak? Maple? <laughs> Let's just Under the paint, painting. I mean. The, the board that you can't see. The board whose texture is totally That's, invisible. It's the most interesting part of the painting. That's when you know somebody doesn't like your painting. They're like, oh, uh, what is that? Canvas? Uh, board? Uh, what's that frame made out of? Is that pine? Wow. Wow. Is that yellow paint? That's that's yellow that you used for I really, the yellow? I, yeah, I like the I like the corner. People have told me I like the corner. Like they'll tell me which quadrant of the painting they like best. Yeah. What? And you were also standing next to an undertaker. So it actually worked out. <laughs> <laughs> which year? They were actually date? expressing they were expressing dislike for you. They're like, I like the corner. <laughs> <laughs> I'm practicing dad jokes. I'm getting ready <laughs> yes. for them. I'm going to be yeah. a champion. By the time our child reaches an age where he can groan and sigh and look off and be like, ah, dad, I am going to be ready to fill that role. Do you have that fancy nursery school reserved yet? No, we haven't. We haven't reserved it. We haven't done a thing. We, we, we still haven't decided if we're staying in New York or leaving. We're a disaster. We're we're a mess. The beginning, you know, I don't know. I, I think you're supposed to prepare to have a child in some way, shape, or form. We have not done that. 
Well, I mean, you've been preparing your whole life to uh, the, all this, I mean, wis- we've... this wisdom that you have, Nick. Yeah, yeah, obviously that. I mean, that's true. I've, <laughs> <laughs> I've got a lot to impart. <laughs> mm-hmm. And another thing. <laughs> it's no longer just Friday nights at the corner bar. <laughs> now I'm now I'm sharing those gems with a child. <laughs> uh, tru- truly Listen. a miracle. Yeah. Um, so we have we tell stories normally on this podcast, and I guess I guess that's our updates. That's that's all we're doing is we both tested negative for COVID, which you know distinguishes us from say the president of the united states <laughs> yeah yeah he's he gave a little speech last night though and that's i heard i saw i saw the video he looked like a little bit ill not yeah not deadly ill but a little bit ill i you know it's hard to judge the present from the perspective of the future uh though <laughs> what's his name the uh, cultural critic has a whole book doing that uh chuck Klosterman has an entire book uh that is judging the present from the perspective of a hundred years in the future that's his what he's attempting to do in cultural criticism but if i were to have to judge this present moment like one of the timelines in one of the multiverses that composes reality involves the president and hopefully it's not ours dying of this virus and if that were to happen in a hundred years we will like look at u.s history and we will think oh my god there was william henry harrison who went out and gave the inaugural address in the cold and died 60 days later because he was so cold (laughs) and here's donald trump who 120 years later refused to do anything at all to prevent him from self from getting the coronavirus in the middle of a pandemic and then he died from the coronavirus and schooled kids will be like, ha ha, what a hilarious moment that was. What a, what a grand historical tidbit. And they will not know that living right now in the midst of it is just like a daily exercise in raw terror. Um, <laughs> we have no idea what that future will be. And perhaps it will not be that future. You know, maybe we're not in that timeline. <laughs> well, I mean... I'm I'm sort of obsessively checking for updates on his health and uh good luck. So are all yeah. of the reporters at every major national newspaper and magazine and yet they seem to be coming to like wildly contradictory conclusions in large part because his medical team has apparently adopted a page out of his the rest of his communications book and is just lying. <laughs> like. Okay, I wonder if uh I know that the whole oxygen thing was a question and like well, the, the time he was actually uh, became ill, the timeline is in question. Yep. Okay. Yeah, well, because they won't release anything, and what is being released is wildly contradictory. It, it's it's we're living in a hilarious little hellscape. Yeah, hellscape. I think is the word. That's Hilar- a good point. A hilarious hellscape, <laughs> which brings us to today's theme: hilarious hellscape. <laughs> Uh, do you, I, since we just invented that theme today, we've done very little preparation. <laughs> yeah. Um, do I have a story about about that? Yeah. I mean, you, I, I mean, is, I that, is up, that all right with you for a theme, dude? I I, gr- I grew up in Dodge City, Kansas. A That's hilarious a, hellscape. 
That's never a, really heard one. You you know Dodge City. It's the old west. It has the shootouts and the guns. Oh yeah, and cows and cowboys and sure boot hill uh, where they bury you in your boots. I suppose. Why and is that? Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? I thought you might have some insight because you grew up there. Uh, I would assume. I would have assumed you did. My uh no, my extent was like I would go to uh like once or twice I went to Front Street, which was part of the Boot Hill Museum. They recreated the storefronts. Um and you could go into the uh to the bar, to the saloon and watch can can dancers and Miss Kitty and drink sarsaparilla and there was a piano player and They'd put on a little dancing girl show, and I loved it. I love the can-can dancers. Um, well, that's a good thing to love. That, but but then and, you go you go outside into the grassy area in front of the storefronts, and they would put on gunfights. Like they would like reenact. Like official, yeah. I was gonna say, yeah. <laughs> just just because they were angry at each other. <laughs> well, when that you say happened. put on, was it like? <laughs> <laughs> they'd get the, the two most a, disgruntled people we had town. a really high crime rate is what i'm saying is, have you ever read the lottery <laughs> we called it putting on gunfights <laughs> i hear they do that in south central la as well or at least they did in the 80s they're always putting putting on these gunfights <laughs> yeah. wow. in chicago <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. uh, um, yeah but but then uh you know I think that was sort of the extent of my, uh, you know, I, I, I vaguely heard something about they bury you with your boots on. I mean, I was so uninterested in any of that as a little girl. I did not like cowboys and guns. And It's weird that you've ended up in Wyoming, given that that is the case. Don't you guys have a cowboy on your state flag? Am I remembering yeah, that correctly? We call, it, we call ourselves the cowboy state, and... Uh, God, what is the flag? It you know it's it's probably the bucking bronco because that's on. That's every what I thought it was. Thing. Yeah, I think yeah. I think that's what it is. You know they have to cinch the animal's testicles to make it. Buck. Oh yeah, yeah. It's I'd buck like, too. Yeah, boy. And, probably. Uh, yeah. Actually, I'm not sure I would. I think I'd just collapse on the ground it's, in just horrible pain. Yeah, the whole the whole thing is is stupid. Um, yeah, but yeah, well, I'm in the enough. cowboy state. But yeah, uh, both are, you know, hellscapes in their own right. Like I moved from hellscape to hellscape. <laughs> You're a comfortable denizen of them. <laughs> I'm, uh, I've got my place. <laughs> you get too far from central hell and it gets cold. <laughs> <laughs> You're in a suburb called Heck. <laughs> 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 a suburb called Hecht. Eh, it's not quite a great name for a play, but it could, but it, you know, it could get there. <laughs> uh, do do you do you have any hilarious hellscapes in your life? I mean, I always sort of think of like, like hellscapes are just places where other people live who you don't care for. <laughs> like, you know, there there's. I briefly, I've been to a bunch of cities in the world that I thought this place is just the worst. But I also like don't really know, right? I, I 
I will say that uh, uh, Macedonia, um, Skopje, Macedonia, uh, like of all of the places I've ever visited, if I were to choose a place not to live, that would be it. Like, <laughs> right, just, number one. Yeah, even like it's just it. There, there are th- there were things about it that were cool, even with not having a lot. Like there are old ruins and there are old, you know, like castles and things like that. But it's just such a a, a sort of you know, it, it's just such a Soviet building strategy that they employed when they made their city grids and their automobiles. It was like, they looked at the West and they were like, oh, I guess like progress is pollution, so we'll do it better. And it just, it, uh, I, it may also have been that I was only there on, in really bad weather. I'm sorry, are there many Macedonians listening to this? I'm sorry, you're, it's probably, <laughs> honestly, it's it's me, not you. Um, <laughs> Um, we must apologize to our Macedonian Uh, oh I do actually have a story now that I think about it this was accidental I just stumbled upon it and story implies beginning middle and end but like all of the things that we call stories on this podcast (laughs) my my the premise that it is one is bullshit Um, (laughs) yeah it's just a bunch of words <laughs> a couple random things to say it really is up to the listener to to put these ideas together yeah well, <laughs> it's an interactive this, podcast yeah our it's it's city mouse country mouse colon you be the editor <laughs> <laughs> we give you a a collage of words but you actually have to make the collage we just do the cutting out to just be so passive though you know people need to actively really engage yeah Yeah. absolutely that's 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 the usual refuge of performers who are performing badly (laughs) terrible they just didn't get it (laughs) you know what audience (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> screw you <laughs> yeah. we, the problem with my silent three and a half hour play is that I didn't make it seven hours <laughs> no one can hang no one can handle yeah. my truth people just don't get art anymore they're so busy when they're on their phones so when I was 14 about I think give or take I was just going to tell you about a trip that I took because a lot of these end up being about trips. I was living Where'd in Austin Where'd you go? At the time. I went to a little town called Vukovar. Vukovar. The ladies mm. are beautiful in Vukovar. Yeah. Well, they might have been, but they all had fled when I went there because this was right in the middle of the Serbo-Croatian War. And oh. we were going... My father was an ambassador, and he was in charge of a bunch of U.S. policy surrounding that war, uh, or at least the implementation of a lot of that policy, rather than the policy itself. And in the course of that, he received permission to take his family with him on one of these trips that was sort of viewing the areas that had been really ruined by the war, right? And Vukovar was a big one. A, 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 
I looked years ago when I wrote about it, and I think it was like a slaughter of a few thousand people, to be sure. But like, forgetting the fighting, forgetting all of the bullet holes and everything like that, there was an actual sort of several thousand person just mass murder um, that was there. And we visited. It's right on the Serbo-Croatian border. And if you remember that war at all, and most people don't, the thing you would remember about it is just like nobody in the U.S. had any idea who was on whose side, right? You had to live in the region to understand why anyone was fighting each other. And, you know, it was... I mean, there's a reason we have the phrase balkanized, right? (laughs) Like, just... People who live in very close quarters who just hate each other. (laughs) And when we visited, when I was 13, 14, whatever it was, it was the the hottest stages of the fighting had mostly ebbed. So there were still now and then ambushes and attacks and massacres and things like that, but they were mostly in Bosnia to the south. Croatia had largely ceased fighting. At this point, I believe this was 96, 97, something like that. And they took us to this place. And I, I have a picture somewhere of it because the sign entering the town that says Vukovar is just riddled with bullet holes. Everything was riddled with bullet holes, just like bullet holes everywhere. And the buildings were all collapsed because a bunch of been shelled or knocked down or all of this. And we were warned ardently against going anywhere off of a path because there are landmines all over the place, which did not stop my mother for even a second, who's like, oh, I really need to get a picture of this. And she's behind the lens and sort of Really? She didn't care about the landmines? She just forgot. It's the danger of being behind a camera lens. Like, as soon as you're, like, thinking about a picture, you cease to remember your corporeal self still has meaning. So... She's sort of, you know, just walking back, trying to frame something. And I remember the guide who was with us was like, don't move. Don't move even a little bit. And Mm -hmm. I need you to look down and I need you to remember where you just stepped. And I need you to find the same places to step. And I need you to come back towards me. That is a hellscape, man. Yeah. No, it was it was a. it was something. And the thing that I remember about it, apart from devastation, and we went through many years later, Char and I went on our one of our first road trips uh, through there, and it was very cool to, like, you know, we did this two-week road trip, and we visited ten countries, so it was just a blur. Uh, but you see a lot like it's it's one of the coolest regions of the world the the Balkans is I mean there's just you know it's Christians and Muslims and Jews and you get this massive intersection of all big cultures that was the locale of a thousand years of warfare and you know uh, sectarian fighting and so it, it builds up this very strange history. Downtown Sarajevo has a mosque right next to a Catholic church, right next to a Jewish 
the we're Europe's second oldest Jewish cemetery. And oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and, and uh, Sofia, hmm. Bulgaria. I, I went to an archaeological site there in the center of town that has this sort of 10th century Christian church with a mosque right behind it and then a Jewish graveyard also. I don't know why the, it's always the Jewish graveyards. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's sort of maybe darkly appropriate given the persistent persecution that they've faced in the last 2,500 years. Anyhow, the other thing that I remember about this trip, apart from the bruised hellscape of Vukovar and the fact that we ate lunch there and the woman had a tiny little refrigerator operating off of a generator and the only thing that she had in the fridge was Coca-Cola because the Coca-Cola Corporation, whatever else you may say about them, they are unbelievable at delivering their products. (laughs) (laughs) Like, just absolutely nail it. Like, we should just use their logistics team for everything everywhere. Yeah, they could deliver the vaccine. Oh, yeah. If we had voting by mail and Coke ran it, we would be in Fat City. Yeah, dude. (laughs) Smart. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, the Coca-Cola Corporation, and I say this to you, Coca-Cola, as a long and intimate user of your products. <laughs> and, and you guys really, yeah. I, you don't do a Coca-Cola douche? <laughs> Enema. I, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Twice a week. It takes <laughs> the paint off a car. Absolutely. That's why I, that's, it accounts for my wide-legged stance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We had a Coca-Cola at this luncheon, and I remember there was this sort of very bitter woman who served us lunch. She started a restaurant just for NATO and UN peacekeeping forces. And then that night, we had this very special and exciting thing, which was that the U.S. senator from Illinois at the time was a guy by the name of Paul Simon, uh, unrelated to Paul Simon, the musician, but, you know, also Paul Simon, Senator Paul Simon of Illinois. And he was there to observe the U.S. presence. And the big moment I remember of this trip is we went we went back from Vukovar to Zagreb, and we had dinner in Zagreb, and we went into this sort of low-ceiling, kind of charming medieval restaurant, right? Like it, the restaurant was not medieval, but it was in a medieval structure. And they handed the menus to us and I was looking at the menu because they had the English menu and I was like oh we should order some hors d'oeuvres and to the senator and everyone sort of laughed and I was like yeah no, no, no. I'm probably mispronouncing that but really we should get some hors d'oeuvres because <laughs> no, no, I got to discover in that moment that hors d'oeuvres is spelled that way <laughs> It's God, you're a, ignorant. Yeah, I know. <laughs> anyway, that was like the sort of highest ranking person I'd met at that time in my life. And the perfect time for that mistake. <laughs> oh, it's uh, forgivable in a, in a young man, in anybody. Yeah. 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 I mean, read the fucking words. Ors de oeuvres. What the hell is wrong with the French? 
and I think it's, uh, you know, it's nice to pr pronounce things differently. We, we should all embrace it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we have. It's called. I saw a bumper sticker here in Casper that said that said uh, that said you're in America. Speak Ebonics. Ah <laughs> 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 uh, You remember Ebonics? Wow, that was a flash in the pan. Yeah. Speaking of like the the William Henry Harrison of lingual structures, Ebonics. <laughs> Is there's about a five year period when you grew up where you will have heard of ebonics, and if you are outside of that, never before, never since. Right, only if you're forty years old do you know what ebonics are. Yeah, like a, a, a just totally needless controversy for about uh, it's like a six month period, right? Where it was yeah. like, you know, it was the same time as like people were burning cds tipper gore was burning cds like nwa cds if i recall correct uh, twisted uh, sister uh oh, i didn't realize was, twisted sister was in there as well well i know that that dude was his name is it is it d snyder anyway. yes i think that's right i met him right. because he had oh, he's cool. uh he has the same agent as i did in new york and oh, cool. at the christmas party I met him and it was like a room full of schlubby voiceover actors, right? Because voiceover actors are, do not take care of themselves and look at, you know, everyone in the room is just like wearing sweatpants and a ratty old t-shirt. <laughs> I mean, people dressed up a little more than that, but not much. And then there's one guy in the corner with like long blonde hair and tats and black leather. Oh. And, and just, you know, you can tell every aspect of him is like, I am a performance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's cool looking for sure. Yeah, uh, but uh, you got to you. You said hi to him. You you had yeah. To I, mostly, and... I went to somebody else and I was like, "Who's that?" And they're like, "Oh, yeah, that's the guy from Twisted Sister." I, which <laughs> good thing cool. Tipper Gore's not here. <laughs> yeah, I know. Boy, awkward. <laughs> Talk about a rough moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ebonics. I wonder what the etymology of ebonics is, like why they call it that. But um I, I'm sure there was like a reason that is gonna sound like ear gratingly you know uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, where you speak down to someone. Uh condescending. Pedantic. Condescending, yeah. Ear, pedantic, like I, yeah. I I suspect given that it was, if I recall invented in a university program at Berkeley. Uh, like, I think it was like black studies at Berkeley that <laughs> I would imagine that, it, but I think it was invented like by a white linguist that, you know, it, I, I suspect that it has not aged well. Sure. <laughs> I, I don't know that for sure, but if you were a white linguist in the nineties, trying to like really justify that black people have culture i suspect <laughs> that like right it's not gonna sound great with time and history right right thank god thank god they yeah. shut up about ebonics yeah uh as a how's a, a hellscape would you say <laughs> yeah america man 
Yeah. I, yeah. Actually, I think that's just what we're saying. Ultimately, like if we're going to take any single lesson from this particular recording at this particular time, it's that we're all living in a blasted hellscape. And, you know, maybe someday we'll get to move to the suburbs and be like, I'm from heck. <laughs> it's a little nicer. <laughs> <laughs> You learned anything this week, Catherine? Oh, I did earlier, and then I forgot. No, oh, that sounds <laughs> like me this weekend. <laughs> I'm gonna drink some more vodka. I'm gonna have another beer. Well, thanks for listening again, people. Person. Person. No one. <laughs> Historical grad student from the year 2200. Ooh, wondering hi. what life was like. <laughs> hi. Yeah, her name's Candibula. Ooh. <laughs> That's a really common name, then. <laughs> it's like being named uh, Karen. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And she resents her parents for giving her something like that. Right, right. <laughs> it's all right, though, because she can travel to space and teleport by using her mind. Anyway, we'll see you next week. 